So, welcome to the third podcast in the series on the Industrial Revolution. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at imperialism and how that was born out of the Industrial Revolution. Specifically, we're going to take a look at Africa, what it was like before Europeans began to dominate. We'll also take a look at the motives that drove Europeans to colonize and take territories in Africa. Then we'll identify some of the factors, both internal and external, that allowed Europeans to gain control of Africa. And finally, we'll take a look at South Africa in particular as an area that uh, three different groups really wanted to gain or control territory over. Imperialism was born out of the Industrial Revolution um, almost out of necessity. Now, imperialism essentially is a very strong, usually industrialized nation taking over a weaker, non-industrialized nation. A couple examples of this, certainly we see Africa, um, India, the British took control of India, Southeast Asia, and also Latin America with uh, the United States and some other European powers. Imperialism um, came out of the Industrial Revolution as a necessity, as I said, because the industrialized nations needed two things, basically. The first thing that they really needed was raw materials. Because of their industrialization, they now had the capabilities to manufacture and produce many different goods. The problem was, though, that in Europe, they didn't have a whole lot of natural resources. Certainly, once they exhaust the resources that they have, they have to look elsewhere. Another reason why they wanted to take colonies was for new markets. The raw materials that they would get from these areas that they took over, they would then bring back to their European homeland, manufacture it, turn it into um, finished product, whether it be textiles or tea or what have you, and then they would ship that back to the colony that they controlled and sell that to them at a profit for the Europeans. Uh, this system is the model economy of uh, colonies and imperialism. In India, which we'll take a look at um, in another podcast in this series, really became the model colony. Before we talk about India, though, let's take a look at Africa and see what it was like before Europeans began to dominate. Now, before Europeans entered into Africa and started to take colonies, Africa was very, very diverse. It had hundreds, if not thousands, of different ethnic groups living all over the continent. Europeans knew a lot about the different ethnic groups that lived on the coast because they had a lot of contact with them um, when they started to dabble in the slave trade and also when they began to explore around the coast of Africa. They really didn't have uh, too much knowledge of the different tribes and empires that lived in the heartland of Africa. We know for a fact that Africa had um, tribes, they also had empires, they had large trading empires, and the different ethnic groups really varied in their size, in their um, wealth, in their technology. The biggest of the empires, probably Ghana and Songhai and Mali, um, in West Africa, really dabbled in the gold and salt trade, and they also traded slaves too, which Europeans began to uh, integrate themselves into in the 1400s. Now, Europeans, when they began to take over Africa, they really started on the coast, and they had a real tough time getting to the heart of Africa because they didn't have, at this time, the technology that would allow them to do that. After the Industrial Revolution, they would eventually gain that technology, but before Europeans can really get into the heartland of Africa, they're dealing solely with the trading empires that are on the coast, and the things that they're trading 
typically are slaves. Um, they also traded gold and ivory uh, to luxury goods. Now, when European nations competed for territories, um, some of the main parts of Africa that they really wanted to get, uh, one being the Congo, uh, the Belgians, they really wanted to take the Congo. They wanted to establish it as a colony because they figured out that they could exploit the labor that they had there. They could also get a lot of raw materials and ship that back to Belgium, uh, manufacture it into things, and then ship it back down to the colony of the Congo. Um, once this caught on, once the Congo was taken by the Belgians and um, other parts of Africa were already beginning to be taken up by Europeans, everybody really wanted to gain a peace. Now, as we said before, some of the motives, um, the two main motives for African imperialism, or European rather, imperialism in Africa, would be uh, for the raw materials in the markets, and that's certainly uh, caused by the Industrial Revolution, that need. A couple of other motives, though, that are worth noting. National pride, um, Europeans wanted to show other European nations that they were the best, and if you didn't have a colony, you really didn't fit anywhere on that social ladder. Um, also racism came into play here. Europeans felt that they were much better than everybody else, even other European nations, and they wanted to show the world that that was the case. They certainly felt that they were much better than the Africans that they were taking over. This idea is uh, known as social Darwinism, which takes the ideas of Charles Darwin, um, who wrote about the theory of evolution, and applies it to society. So rather than survival of the fittest in nature, it's survival of the fittest in society. And uh, that clearly defines racism. And it was one of the driving motives for Europeans to take colonies in Africa. The last motive um, that really forced Europeans to take control of places in Africa and other parts of the world was missionary impulse. They felt that they had a duty to spread the word of God, uh, Christianity, and bring these heathens, these natives, uh, under Christian practices. So again, the, the motives for European dominance and the need for empire, certainly we see out of the Industrial Revolution, they needed uh, raw materials and new markets. They also had a sense of nationalism. They were racist. They wanted to uh, prove that they were better than everybody else. They adopted the ideas of social Darwinism. And finally, they wanted to spread um, Christianity. Now, out of those motives, probably the most important that you need to know is that um, it was born out of the Industrial Revolution for raw materials and new markets. Now, when Europeans began to take over parts of Africa, they really had a tough time at first. But because of the Industrial Revolution, they gained a whole lot more technology, which allowed them to penetrate into the heartland of Africa, which they could not do before. Um, the advanced technology that they had that helped the steamboat allowed them to go upriver. They eventually put railroads in, which allowed them easy travel. Um, weapons certainly played a huge part here. The Maxim gun, um, which was an American invention, basically a precursor to the machine gun, allowed Europeans to very effectively um, handle uprisings in Africa and push even further into the heartland of Africa. Another thing that allowed them to take control was that they developed a cure for malaria. Now malaria is spread by mosquitoes and prior to this they really had no cure. The best thing that they could do was drink massive amounts of quinine. If you've ever um, had tonic water by itself, 
it's probably um, not your favorite drink that you've ever had. It's a very, very bitter, uh, very bland kind of soda. But tonic has massive amounts of quinine in it. Now, quinine wasn't a cure for malaria, but it certainly helped the uh, Europeans who didn't have any immunities to it ward off the mosquitoes. So they would drink the quinine in the tonic water, and uh, it would seep out through their pores, and the mosquitoes really wouldn't want to... Um, bite them because they felt it was almost like a uh, very early bug spray. So once the Europeans got the cure for malaria, they also had some weapons which allowed them to advance into the heartland, and they had um, more means to control the empire in the form of transportation, better communication. Um, they really were able to penetrate into Africa. Some of the internal factors that played a part here in European dominance of Africa um, because Africa was so diverse, it had very many different languages. It's a problem when uh, tribes wanted to communicate with each other, maybe form together to band against the Europeans. They had a difficult time doing that because they didn't speak each other's languages. Africa also had a very low level of technology compared to the Europeans. They were not industrialized. They did not have the weapons that the Europeans had. They didn't have the transportation that the Europeans had. So the Europeans certainly had them um, in that department. And finally, the different ethnic groups that were living in Africa, not only did they not necessarily speak the same language as each other, they were also typically at war with each other, warring tribes. You saw this in Europe well before um, imperialism began to happen, but if you take a look back at the Middle Ages in Europe, when you had warring um, principalities before nation-states really developed, that would be what Africa was like this time. So many different tribes are at war with each other, and it was very, very difficult for them to band together against European dominance. Now, with every European country wanting to take part of Africa, uh, certainly some sort of conflict was bound to arise. Otto von Bismarck, the uh, German chancellor, and his, uh, his leader, Kaiser Wilhelm, decided that it would be best if all the European powers sat down at a table and decided amongst themselves how exactly they were going to carve up Africa diplomatically rather than having it lead to war. Now this is actually a very smart idea by uh, Bismarck and Wilhelm because it kept war out of Europe and out of Africa uh, between European powers really up until World War I. When they sit down to decide who's going to take over what area, um, they do so in Berlin in 1884 and it lasts until 1885. And it was known as the Berlin Conference. Fourteen different European nations uh, all sat around a table and literally put a map of Africa down and picked out the parts that they wanted to take. Now they did this on their own terms. They did not invite any African tribes um, in to allow them to discuss what the terms of this uh, breakup would be. They decided that all along their own terms, the Europeans. So after the Berlin Conference of 1884 and 85, Europeans had a very much a stronghold on Africa. They controlled many different colonies. Um, as a matter of fact, 97% of the entire continent of Africa was controlled by Europeans. The only area of Africa that uh, did not come under European control was Ethiopia. Um, the Ethiopians were smart enough to play European powers against each other and ward off uh, imperial dominance. And they were really the only country in Africa that was able to do that at the time. Um, 
South Africa, in particular, was a very, very important place for European dominance. It had huge lasting impacts, which we'll talk about later on in the year with apartheid and other um, ideas of racism. But South Africa, when it eventually, or initially rather, gets taken over, it does so by the Dutch. Now, there's Dutch farmers who have a huge interest in the area of South Africa because they wanted to continue to farm there. The Africans that lived there prior to this, the Zulus, also certainly had a stake in the land because it was their territories, their homeland. A third group that decided that they wanted to control South Africa was the British. And the British decide that they want to control because they find diamonds in South Africa. Now the Dutch farmers, these boars, as they were called, um, really had no interest in the diamonds. Neither did the Zulus, but they all wanted to control the land for different reasons. Now, at this time, the British were the strongest uh, country, the strongest empire in the world, and they certainly were, weren't going to let South Africa go without a fight. Um, the fight that ensued was known as the Boer War, and the British end up winning that fight and taking control of South Africa. And they control South Africa up until um, after World War II, and they begin to exploit a lot of the natural resources that South Africa has, and again, the largest and most important natural resource that they have is uh, diamonds. And the Europeans, especially the British, begin to really exploit. In the later podcast, we'll talk about how the British especially begin to exploit other uh, areas of the world, specifically India. Um, but this gives you a nice background on what imperialism was, how it was born out of the Industrial Revolution, and what imperialism looked like in Africa.